We're there in Matthew uh, chapter 24, and if you remember last week, we, uh, we dealt with the first 31 verses, and I'm not going to go back and, and re-preach those tonight. If, if, if you missed that, you can always go on our website and, and, and catch up on that. And basically, as we looked at it uh, last week, we uh, saw the outline that the Bible gives us of the uh, end times, and we saw there that the tribulation is not what's normally taught by, by Christians. The tribulation is not the wrath of God, but it is a, a time of persecution when the Antichrist will persecute uh, believers. And after the tribulation is when the Bible teaches that we'll have the rapture, and, uh, and then after that becomes the, the pouring out of God's wrath. We basically finished that whole uh, idea there, and we left off on verse 32, so that's where we'll pick up uh, this week. And I want you to notice that as Jesus continues to teach, and, and he'll even teach about it a little bit in chapter 25, he, he begins to talk about the things we can know and the things we uh, cannot know. Notice verse 32, he says, Now learn a parable of the fig tree, when its branch is yet tender, and put it forth leaves, you know that summer is nice. So he says, he says, you know, the parable of the fig tree is this, that you can look at a tree and you can look at the, the, the way the branch looks and, and, and the leaves and what it's producing, and you can tell if summer is close, if, if, if it's nigh, verse 33, so likewise ye, he says, so in the same way ye, when ye shall uh, see all these things, know that it is near even at the door. So today, those who teach in the imminent return of Jesus Christ, those who teach that he can come back at any moment, you know, I mean, he can come tonight, you know, uh, there's no, they'll say there's no signs of his coming. There's nothing that needs to be done before Jesus returns. They'll say there's no way that any of us could ever know when Jesus is going to return. There's no signs. There's no way to know it. But notice Jesus here is, is, is going against that mentality because he's saying, hey, in the same way that you can look at a tree and see the signs off that tree and know that summer is nigh or that summer is near, he says, so likewise, he says, in the same way, when ye shall see these things, what things? The things we, we talked about last week, the wars and rumors of wars, the famines, the pestilence, uh, the, the, the Antichrist, the persecution, all those things. He says, so likewise ye, when ye shall see these things, know that it is near even at the door. So notice, does, does Jesus teach an imminent return of Christ? Does he teach that, hey, when Jesus comes back, you're, no one's going to know, there's going to be no sign, it's just going to happen, and, and there's no way to tell if it's close. He says, look, you should be able to tell. Now notice verse 34, he says, very Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things uh, be fulfilled. And uh, there's, there's two ways to kind of look at this verse, and, and I'm not saying that, uh, that either one is, is wrong uh, or that either one is right. I, I don't know. I, I'll just tell you the, the way that these verses have been taught. But in, in verse 34, some people try to use this verse to say, when he says, this generation shall not pass, Till these things be fulfilled, they'll say, you know, that this, that, that, they'll, they'll see it as a contradiction in Scripture. Because they'll say, well, Jesus said that it was going to happen in that generation when he lived. So because that generation has passed away, this is a contradiction in Scripture. This shows that the Bible, well, you need to understand that there, there's two ways to kind of look at this. And like I said, I, I don't, I don't have a, a, I think they're, they're both probably right. But when he says this generation shall not pass, um, 
it could be referring to the fact that when these things begin to pass, because remember, the context is in verse 33. He says, when ye shall see all these things. So when you see the things that he was talking about uh, previously in the Olivet Discourse, in that generation, when those things begin, at that, remember that beginning of sorrows? When basically the generation of that beginning of sorrows, when that generation begins, it will all happen within that generation. Not saying that the time that they were living in was the time that it already began, but what he's saying is that when it begins, it will happen in that generation. Meaning the, the end times events aren't going to be prolonged over a period of, of thousands of years. It's like when it starts, it'll happen within the lifetime of a generation is one way to look at it. Um, another way to look at it is in the Bible, the word generation is not really used to give you a, a set of uh, time. We think of a generation and we think of the greatest generation, you know, and we think of a, a, a lifespan of a group of people. But in the Bible, if you, if you look up that word generations, you'll notice, I, I will look at, look at, um, actually, I'm not even sure if it uses it in Matthew 1. Um, yeah, look, look at Matthew chapter 1. Look at verse 1, just real quickly. Um, it does it in, in Genesis and in different places, but I'll give you an example. Matthew chapter 1, look at verse 1. Notice the Bible says, the book of the generations of Jesus Christ. Do you see that? And often the Bible, Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. In the, in the Old Testament, you'll read about the generations of Adam. You'll read about the generations uh, of these different people. And the Bible often uses that word generation talking about someone's descendants or talking about a lineage. And um, possibly what Jesus is referring to when he says this generation shall not pass, he's likely referring to the lineage of, of believers. Now, we're not, you know, physically didn't come all, but spiritually we come from Abraham. And what he could be referring to is the fact that he's not, the Antichrist is not going to kill all the Christians. This generation shall not pass till these things be fulfilled. So just kind of two different ways to look at it. And again, we, we can't, you can't say that Jesus was saying it was going to happen in the lifetime of the apostles, and therefore the Bible is in contradiction, uh, because obviously the word generation can be used different ways uh, throughout Scripture. Look at verse 35. Here's what we do know. It's going to happen. Heaven and earth will, shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. So if, if there's something you can trust in, it's the more sure word of prophecy, uh, which is the word of God. Verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Now here's what we can't know, and here's what we cannot know. And people, people make a big deal about these things, but, but I think if you study it out, you'll, you'll, you'll notice that Jesus says you can know that summer is nigh by looking at a tree, and when you shall see these things, know that it is near, even at the door. And Jesus teaches that you can know when it's close. But he says in verse 36, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. And people like to take this verse and say, See, no one can know. You can't know it's after the tribulation. It can't be after anything. It's got to be able to come whenever, because no man... But look... All he said is that nobody knows the day or the hour. 
I would agree with that. I doubt that anybody, because really, who's going to be able... I mean, when we see the abomination of desolation set up, we will know that we are in that great tribulation time. If you remember from last week's lesson, there was the tribulation, and then there's that great tribulation that starts when the, when the abomination of desolation is set. But I don't think when we see the abomination of desolation, we're not going to be able to track back to the exact day that the tribulation started. So, because none of us are really going to know exactly when it starts. Now, we'll be able to, you know, kind of know when it's near, when it's ready. Now, when you see the abomination of desolation, you'll know you're in the Great Tribulation. I mean, you know that's the Antichrist. You know you're ready to go. But the Great Tribulation and the beginning of sorrows are separated by some time. I don't believe that, you know, it's not a contradiction with a post, uh, you know, tribulation uh, pre-wrath position to say that no one knows the day or the hour. The hour. Look at verse 37. Now here, here's what I really wanted to get into tonight. What Jesus begins to teach is that some people at the coming of Jesus, at the second advent, will be taken by surprise. Now he says some will be taken by surprise and some will not. Look at verse 37. But as the days of Noah, now Noah there is Noah, he said, and I want you to remember Noah because we're going to be looking a little bit at that. He says, but as the days of Noah, Noe were, so shall, or he says, in the same way, also the coming of the Son of Man be. So he says, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. He says, like it was in the days of Noah, it's going to be like the days when the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, in what way is it going to be the same way? Look at verse 38. For as in the days they were, that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noe entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So here's the question. Who knew not that the flood was coming until the flood came? Was it Noah? Well, look, Noah knew the flood was coming. Noah had been building an ark. Noah had been getting ready. Noah understood that judgment was coming. The people that were taken by surprise at the coming of the flood, I know, I know Hollywood movies don't teach this, but I, I hate to break it to some of you, Hollywood does not teach the Bible correctly, ever. It always, you know, adulterates Scripture. It always perverts Scripture. But the Bible says that when the flood began, people were taken by surprise. There was nobody trying to climb on the ark from the world. They didn't even, they, it says, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Here's what he's saying. When Jesus comes back, there are going to be people that will be taken by surprise. But who will those people be? The unbelievers. The unbelieving world is not going to know they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Verse 40. Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not that um, what hour the Lord doth come. Now, when I was growing up, everybody, absolutely everybody, reference these verses uh, uh, to, to teach the rapture. You know, one shall be taken, the other left. Uh, that famous movie, you know, Left Behind, takes its name from these verses. One shall be taken and the other 
left. Um, verse 41, two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. There was a time when no one disagreed that this was the rapture. Ever since after the tribulation came out, I think, ever since you know, people started teaching and preaching and started getting out there, you know, that Matthew 24 disproves the, the, the pre-tribulation rapture. It, it's, it's funny to me watching people try to teach that these passages are not about the rapture anymore. I mean, I've heard people say it, it's, it, it is a rapture, but it's not the rapture. It's only a rapture of the Jews that make it through the tribulation. I've heard other people say, well, when it says uh, one shall be taken and the other left, it's talking about the fact that one's going to get killed and the other one's not going to get killed and one's going to be taken, you know, by the Antichrist and the other. And, you know, that's silly, okay? It's, it's the rapture. It's pretty clear. Just face it. The one shall be taken and the other left. It, it, and no one used to disagree with that until you... Uh, Started actually preaching the Bible. Go to First uh, Thessalonians, just real quick. Let me show you something real quick. So here's what I want you to say. When, when the coming of the Lord comes, some will be taken by surprise. Now for sure, for sure the unbelieving world, unbelievers, they're, they're like when the flood came and they knew not till the flood came and took them all away, they're going to be taken by surprise. But you've got to understand this. Believers do not need to be taken by surprise. First Thessalonians chapter 5. These are one on verses, uh, I'm sure some, many of you have seen them before, but let's look at them. Just real quickly. First Thessalonians chapter 5. If you find all those T-books, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd Timothy, Titus, they're all together. 1st Thessalonians chapter 5, and look at verse number 1. Because here's what the pre-tribbers teach. They say, you know, there's, there's no signs of His coming. No one can know. It's imminent. It could happen at any moment. There's nothing that needs to be fulfilled in order for Jesus Christ to return. 1st Thessalonians chapter 5, look at verse 1. But of the times and the seasons, brethren... Now, the term brethren there is talking about believers. It's talking about Christians. He says, Paul wrote, obviously under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly, notice, that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And people like to use that phrase. They used to use that phrase to talk about the rapture. You know, and there was even a, a fa- another famous uh, movie uh, called The Thief in the Night back in the 70s or whatever. Look at verse 3. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction. Wasn't that kind of like Noah and the flood? Cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Look at verse 4. Now notice, but ye brethren are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Do you see that? So today, when the pre-tribulation rapture advocates say, there's no signs of His coming, He's coming like the thief in the night, and you just can't expect it, you just don't know when they're going to show up. Hey, He says, look, He's coming as a thief in the night, verse 4, but ye brethren are not in darkness that they should overtake you as a thief. So do you, as, a, as part of the brethren, as believers, do you have to be overtaken by the coming of the Lord as a thief in the night in the same way that the unbelievers are overtaken or surprised by? The answer is no. You can know it. Go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. You're there in 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians. And keep your finger in, uh, in 2 Thessalonians because we're going to come back to it at the, end of the, uh, at the end of the sermon. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, look at verse 1. Now people say, well, that's referring to the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord is not the rapture. Okay, well, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1 makes it pretty clear that it is the rapture. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1, he says, Now we beseech you, brethren, look at this, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And again, the pre-tribulation rapture advocates. Well, the coming of the Lord and the rapture are not the same thing. 
Well, look, I, I, know that, I know that's what you saw in a movie, and I know that's what you read in a comic book series, and I know that's what you read in a bunch of theologians' books. But the Bible says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him. So the Bible teaches that when the coming of the Lord, when Jesus comes back, He's going to gather us together. That's what the Bible calls uh, the rapture, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the gathering together unto him. Verse 2, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us nor movie as they that as the day of Christ is at hand. Now that phrase at hand means it's nearby or, or you know, soon. And here's what he's saying. Don't be soon shaken in mind. Don't be troubled by spirit or by word or by letter as from us as at the day of Christ. Now the day of Christ, and I don't have time to go through the references, but that phrase is referring to the rapture. And it says, as the day of Christ is at hand. Here's what he's saying. In 1 Thessalonians 5.3, he says, hey, you don't have to be overtaken like a thief in the night. Then in 2 Thessalonians 2.1, he says, hey, don't let anybody scare you or frighten you or trouble you that the day of Christ is at hand. Verse 3, let no man deceive you. Doesn't that sound like Jesus? By any means. For the, Notice, for that day. What day? The day of Christ. What's the day of Christ, the coming of our Lord, the day that he gathers us together. For that day, notice, shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now, according to the Bible, can Jesus come back right now? Just put your money in the offering plate now, because he could come back before the service is over. Look, I, I heard that preaching my whole life, but the Bible says that that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The man of sin is the Antichrist. Look, the Antichrist has to be revealed, and there has to be a falling away, uh, an apostasy, before that day shall come. So I hate to break it to you, but it's not imminent. It can't just happen at any moment. There are things that need to happen before, uh, you know, Jesus returns, is what the Bible teaches. Look at verse 4. Who's, who opposeth? And exalted himself, talking about the Antichrist, above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that as he as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now ye know what withholdeth. That word withholdeth means to hold back. He says, look, he says, now you know what's holding back, what's withholding these events. That he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. I'll talk about the Antichrist. And there's so much more we could go into there, but we'll have to hold that for uh, another, another sermon. So here's what I want you to understand. According to the Bible, unbelievers are going to be taken by surprise. Like the day the, that the flood came and they were eating and drinking and, and giving in marriage and they were just having a good time and then the flood came and took them all away. They did not see it coming. But, but believers don't have to be taken as a thief in the night. 
They don't, they don't have to just be surprised by this. They can see, like you see a tree, you know, and, and you know that summer is nigh. You can see these things begin to happen. Are you going to know the exact day? Probably not. You're going to know the exact hour? I doubt it. But you're going to be able to tell, hey, it's close. It's at hand. Go back to Matthew 24, look at verse 43. Matthew 24, verse 43. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Believers don't have to be caught off guard. But the Bible is clear that although some Christians will not be taken by surprise, some Christians will be taken by surprise. Now, notice what Jesus says in Matthew 24, look at verse 43. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known what watch. Now, it's interesting that, that Jesus used that word watch, because watch is not a specific time. He didn't say, but know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what hour. He said, if he would have known in what watch. Because a watch is a, it's not a specific, it's like a section of time. Remember in the Bible, they had the first watch, the second watch, the third watch, the fourth watch. And those were all a section of that night. So he's telling us, look, you may not know the exact hour, but, but you, you can know relatively when the time is near. And he says, if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered. The word suffer there means allowed. He would have not allowed his house to be broken up. Therefore, now notice, therefore be ye also ready. Jesus is telling you to be ready like that good man who would have known. Maybe he doesn't know exactly what minute the thief's coming, but if he would have known what watch, what season, what time, he would have been ready. And then he tells you, therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant? Now notice, he's talking about a Faithful and wise servant. This is a good Christian. Who then is a faithful and wise servant? Who his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord when he cometh shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. If you want to get to heaven and have rewards, if you want to be a ruler, if you want to be uh, you know, honored by God, make sure that when the Lord cometh, he will find you so doing. Doing what? Being ready. Watching. Now, now notice verse number 48. Here he begins to tell us about another servant. This servant, now look, this is not Noah. This is not the unbelievers. This is a servant who was taken by surprise. Now notice why. Verse 48. But and if that evil servant, so not, not the faithful and good servant anymore. Now we have the evil servant. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servant, and to eat and drink with the drunken. The Lord that servant shall come in a day when he, the servant, looketh not for him, and an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, notice, of the servants, the one that was ready, the one that was watching, maybe he didn't know exactly what time the Lord, they were coming, but he, he kind of had an idea of the watch of the season. He got rewarded. But then there's an evil servant who said in his heart, My Lord delayed this coming. Uh, he's not going to come in my lifetime. I don't have to worry about it. And he began to eat and drink, and he was drunken, and he looketh not for him. And he was caught 
uh, not watching. Now, here, here's what I want you to understand, okay? Go to Luke 21. And Luke 21 is a parallel passage to Matthew 24, but it gives us a little bit more insight in, into the point that I'm trying to make. All of that was kind of just introduction and context and giving you an idea of what we're talking about. And here's the point. Luke 21 and verse 34. Unbelievers don't have a choice. They're, they're going to be taken by surprise. They're going to be just living their lives and judgment's going to come and that's it. Believers, however, have a choice. You, there are two types of believers. There are those who will be watching and ready and those who in their hearts say, my Lord delays is coming and they're going to be surprised like the unbelievers when he does come, when it all falls down. Luke 21, verse 34. The question is, what's the difference? And here's what I want you to understand. Distraction is the difference. Luke 21, and verse 34 says this, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your heart be overcharged with suffering. That phrase means the fulfilling of your desires. He says, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your heart, now he's talking to believers, he said, lest at any time your heart gets overcharged, your, your heart gets overwhelmed, your, char, your heart gets, gets filled with this fulfilling of your own desires, lust, covetousness, notice, and drunkenness, notice this, and the cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unaware. You want to know the Christians that are going to be taken by surprise? The Christians that are going to be like, I didn't see it coming. The Christians that, because there's going to be an initial amount of Christians that yeah, just initially get there. Because some of us are going to be watching. I mean, some of, you are, some of you guys are watching so much. I mean, you already, have, you already have like all the food and water that you need. You know, you've got the guns. You're ready. I mean, you're just, you're, you're just looking for, for anything, you know, that kind of looks like it might be an idol going up. You know, so you can just run to the hills. But there are going to be some people, the Bible says, that are distracted by drunkenness, by desires, by the cares of this life, so that they come upon you unawares. Verse 35. For as a snare, the word snare is a trap, for as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be, notice this, accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Okay, so we're not just talking about the coming, but we're talking about everything that, 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 that is that, the Antichrist, the persecution. How can you be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass? How can you make sure that you're one of those Christians that makes it to the end, that endures to the end, not spiritual salvation, that your flesh may be saved? How do you make sure that you're not, you know, just immediately have your head chopped off by the Antichrist and you, you know, just kind of show up in heaven and you're like, what happened? And then Jesus has to say, well, remember how you used to believe the pre-tribulation rapture? Remember when your buddy gave you that DVD and you didn't watch it? Well, you should have watched it, you know, because uh, the tribulation happened and it's not the wrath of God. How are you going to get there? Notice, the people that are taken unawares are those that are concerned with the cares of this life. Go to Mark 13. Look at another parallel passage. Mark 13, look at verse 35. Mark 13, verse 35. Mark 13, same parallel passage. 
Mark 13, verse 35. Mark 13, verse 35, the Bible says, Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at, a, at the cock crowing, or in the morning. Those are all different watches. Look at verse 36. Lest coming suddenly, he find you sleeping. Now keep, keep your finger there in Mark 13. Go back to 1 Thessalonians. Remember I told you to keep your place in 1 Thessalonians? So you can lose your place in 1 Thessalonians because we're going there now. But keep your finger in Mark 13. Notice how he said Mark 13, 36. Lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Verse 6, 1 Thessalonians 5, 6. Therefore, let us not sleep. As do others. Who are the others? That's the world. That's the unbelievers. That's the people that weren't paying attention when Noah was building the ark, when Noah was preaching the gospel, when Noah was saying, hey, judgment is coming. You see these clouds? You see these clouds? You've never seen these clouds before, have you? Rain's going to come down. When when he's saying those things and people were asleep, he's saying, look, we therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Here's what I want you to understand. Distractions make the difference. Go to First John chapter three. We're al- we're almost done. I just I need to just kind of put this all together. First John chapter three, towards the end of the New Testament. First John, first, second, and third John, Jude, Revelation. First John chapter three. Look at verse two. See Christians that are concerned with the cares of this world, Christians that are asleep spiritually. Christians that are in drunkenness, that are fulfilling their desires, that are fulfilling their covetousness, that are fulfilling their lust. Christians that are distracted with the things of this world. Those are the Christians that are going to be overtaken by these things because they're going to find you sleeping like the world. But here's the difference. The world is of the darkness. The world is of the night. You don't have to sleep. You don't have to be uh, uh, taken by surprise like they are. So what's the point? The point is this. Get undistracted. Get undistracted by getting focused. Are you there in 1 John chapter 3? Look at verse 2. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, talking about the rapture, the second coming, that's Jesus Christ. When he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Verse 3. And every man that hath this hope, what hope? The hope that he shall appear. Every man that hath this hope, notice, in him purifieth himself. That word purifieth means freedom from immorality, from contamination, freedom from sin. See, everyone that has the hope that he shall appear, everyone that's watching, that's sober, that's not distracted, that's saying, hey, hey, uh, did, did you notice the, the it, it seems like, It's close. It seems like it's nigh. It looks like it might happen soon. Everyone that is looking and is sober and is awake and has that hope, they purify themselves even as he is pure. Go go to Luke chapter 17. I I just I need to run these verses just so I can kind of remember in Luke 24 he talked about Noah. Okay, in Luke 17 he talks about Noah also. 
But when he talks about Noah, he also gives us another example. Because remember, there's two types of Christians. The Christian that is watching and the Christian that is distracted. And in Luke 17, we're told about these two types of Christians. Luke 17, look at verse 26. In verse 26, we find the focused, the awake, the one that's sober, the one that's watching. His name is Noah, Luke 17, verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall also be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Now Noah wasn't taken by surprise. Noah knew that the flood was coming. Noah was ready. He was watching. He was awake. He was good to go. But notice verse 28. Likewise also, it was like, likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. Here we got the distracted Christian. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, now look, Lot went out of Sodom. God sent angels into Sodom and took Lot out before he began to pour out his wrath. It's a picture of the rapture. God is going to send the angels to gather up the elect, to bring them out of this world before he begins to pour out his wrath. But notice, Lot was not ready. Lot was not watching. Lot did not understand what was happening. Lot was distracted. Look at verse 29. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. And notice again, when, when the believers leave, destruction comes the same day. When Noah entered the ark, judgment came the same day. Even thus shall it be in the days when the Son of Man is revealed. Go to First Peter. Uh, I'm sorry, Second Peter chapter 2. Second Peter chapter 2. This is just kind of interesting. 2 Peter chapter 2. In Luke 17, we have Noah, right? And Lot. In 2 Peter chapter 2, notice who we have. Look at verse 5. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. 2 Peter, towards the end of the New Testament, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. 2 Peter 2, 5. And spared not the old world, but saved, there's our friend, Noah, the eighth person, Preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. He was a preacher of righteousness. He was busy. He was preaching. He was ready. He was watching. And turning the cities, verse 6, of Sodom and Gomorrah. Notice a reference to our other friend, Lot. Notice how they're both brought up, just like in Luke 17. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that... Sh- that after should live ungodly, verse 7, and delivered just Lot. Now here's what I want you to understand. Lot was saved. The Bible called him a just man. He was just Lot. He was a believer. And vexed the, with the filthy conversation of the wicked for that righteous man. Notice, he was a righteous man. He was a believer. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from, the day, from day to day with their unlawful deeds. So here's the point. When all of this begins to happen, unbelievers are going to be taken by surprise. But then we have two types of Christians. We have the Noahs who are ready, who are watching, who are preaching, who are preparing. I don't know exactly when it's going to start raining, but I know it's going to happen soon. I can see that it looks like it's coming. And then you've got Lot, who also came out of the world, who also did not 
get the wrath of God poured on him, but he was distracted. Why? Why was he distracted? Notice, with the filthy conversations of the wicked, verse 7, for that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vex his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds because he dwelt among them, because he was living with them and living like them. So my question for you is this. You say, I'm not, I, I don't believe the pre-tribulation rapture. I understand the Bible. I, I watch the film. I know. I understand it all. So here's the question I have for you. Which one are you, Noah or Lot? Because Noah was ready. Noah was watching. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He was preaching. He was preparing. Lot was distracted. Lot was entangled in filthy conversation with the wicked among them. Remember, he, he, he was watching Sodom, then he was in Sodom. And the point that Jesus is trying to make as he finishes this idea of the coming back is this. Mark 13, look at verse 37. We're, we're done right here. Mark 13, 37. This is the Olivet Discourse. This is how it ends in Mark 13. Remember I told you to keep your place in Mark 13? Mark 13, look at verse 37. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, Watch. What I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. You say, why would we study end times events? Why would we study the tribulation, the rapture, the wrath? Why would? Because Jesus wants us to be awake. He wants us to be sober. He wants us to be paying attention. Are you going to know exactly what hour? Probably not. Are you going to know what day? Probably not. But you can look at the signs. You can look at the times. You can look at the season. You can, you can be awake. You can be ready. And while you're getting prepared, hey, I'm all for, you know, buy all the guns and the ammunition and get all those things. Tell me where you live and I'll meet you there when it happens, okay? Um, that's great. Do all that. But while you're doing that, also, prepare your heart. Also, preach the gospel. Also, try to get other people ready because there's two types of Christians. The Noahs, that at least take some people with them, or the Lot's, that his family was left behind, his wife turned into a pillar of salt. Remember, later on in that same passage, Matthew 24, Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. Why? Because he wasn't prepared, because he was distracted, because he was worldly, because he was engaged in the cares of this world, because he was more interested in the things of the world and the things of Sodom than the things of God. And Jesus says to you and I, he says, hey, isn't this all interesting? Isn't this all good? Isn't this all uh, interesting for us to learn? And then he says, what I say unto you, I say unto all. He said, I want you to watch. I don't want you to be asleep. I don't want you to be worldly. I want you to be ready because... It can happen soon.